just want to address questions and things people have said to me and others going through IVF and infertility. Every couple battling infertility becomes subjected to the verbal diarrhea and unsolicited advice and opinions of others. People may mean well when they say some of these things, which is why many that are struggling with infertility choose to keep quiet and just accept comments that bother them. But I want you to be educated so you know better and do better. First and foremost, remember that anyone around you could be dealing with infertility and you may not know it. It's a personal thing that they may not be comfortable sharing. So please be cautious when you're constantly asking them about having children or making comments. Because they may not want kids, they may be struggling with infertility, they may be having miscarriages, etc. And even though you mean well, you may be causing them stress. People tell me to have hope. A lot. And this isn't really one of those things that hurt me. But sometimes I wish they understood what having hope entails. Obviously, I try to stay positive and hopeful, but I do have my moments of darkness, and that's normal. I'm allowed to feel those feelings. But there's another layer to IVF and infertility that I don't know if people realize. For me personally, I can't be 100% hopeful that I will be a mom and I will bear children. I'm struggling with infertility. I have to be realistic and open to the idea that I may never have kids. I have to prepare myself for that. I need to prepare my mind and my heart for that possibility. I know the statistics of every procedure I go through. And I have to be realistic and not be blinded by hope. So I have to find a balance between being realistic and being hopeful and optimistic that it will all work out for me. Going hand in hand with that, people try to tell me not to give up. But this journey is time consuming and draining physically, emotionally, mentally, financially. Sometimes couples choose to give up because their heart and body can't take it anymore, or they can't afford it, or their hope is depleted. That could be an option for me in the future, even though I don't want it to be. So if I'm feeling upset and you keep jamming, be hopeful, be positive, it's going to work out, don't give up down my throat. It's not going to magically cure my feelings of doubt, sadness, or grief. I'm not saying I don't feel those emotions of hopefulness and positive positivity because I do. Infertility is just a roller coaster of emotions and if I didn't allow myself to think about the possibility of me not having children, then if it were to happen it would just hit me even harder. Couples are allowed to lose hope and they're allowed to make the extremely difficult decision to give up. People ask me about adopting. Look, adoption is amazing, and it can be a wonderful path to parenthood for some. However, stop saying this to couples trying to conceive. Adopting seems to be what many people suggest for those dealing with infertility. Adoption is not a cure for infertility, and an adopted child is not a generic replacement for a longed-for biological child. 
adoption is a cure for childlessness, not for infertility. For some, the move to adoption is an easy one. For others, it's not. Some people yearn to see their genes in in the next generation. They crave being pregnant and breastfeeding. They want some type of control over what they eat and how their child grows in the womb and their genetic makeup. For them, parenthood is more than simply parenting. They want to procreate. Anyone can adopt, not just those struggling with infertility. And it's not up to those that are infertile to carry the weight of all the children in foster care and waiting to be adopted on their shoulders. There's already enough stress on us and we don't need to bear that extra guilt. Adoption is not the exclusive territory of infertile couples. Have you noticed no one says, hey, why are you not adopting? To fertile couples growing their family? Why not? Because it's not selfish to want to experience pregnancy, childbirth, and to mother or father offspring unless you're having fertility issues? Adoption is a difficult process not an effortless and cheap solution to a hopeful parent's troubles. It's expensive, it's long, it's stressful. The average cost of domestic adoption through an agency totals $20,000 to $40,000. The average time frame waiting for placement of a child after the initial crap ton of paperwork is finally completed ticks in at about 14 months for older children with infants taking even longer. 90% of prospective parents receive a placement within 28 months. And that's not a cakewalk by any means. Let's not forget that not all adoptions are successful. Sometimes the birth mom or relative changes their mind at the last minute. And months of prepping and hoping are ruined in an instant. And you likely won't receive a refund for the money you invested either. Any labor and delivery nurse has witnessed the heartache of prospective adoptive parents as newborn adoptions fall through postpartum. Those spending a fortune on IVF may not be able to spend the money on adoption too, or they can't take the emotional stress of the adoption process. For me personally, I have talked to my husband about adopting in the future to keep our options open. I spoke to him about adopting before I even knew I had fertility problems. But financially, we'd probably have to foster to adopt, and that is a very difficult process. Logistically, foster care is similar in many ways to other types of adoptions. There's the home study, adoption paperwork, and making sure that you meet eligibility requirements for your state and the foster care agency you plan on adopting from. Adoptive parents will also need to check in to make sure they meet emotional, mental, and financial requirements to adopt there are also some additional challenges hopeful parents need to be aware of. First, the child welfare system, like every organization, is complex. Honestly, it's trash. There are many rules and regulations to learn, and trying to get in touch with someone can be a very slow process. In most cases, your agency doesn't mean to be unresponsive. It's just that the foster care 
caseworkers are, are notoriously overworked. The entire foster care system is stressed and that can lead to many challenges that may affect your process. How easy it is to adopt from foster care will strongly depend on your personal experience with the foster care system. To become a foster parent with the goal of adopting, you need to wait until your foster child becomes available for adoption, which might never happen. If your ultimate goal is to add to your family permanently and not provide a temporary home to a child in need, you will likely find that foster to adopt is hard for you. Children in foster care are in temporary custody of the state. This means that the main goal will always be reunification of a child's biological family members unless that becomes impossible, parental rights are terminated, and the child becomes eligible for adoption. Not every foster placement is forever, and this is usually the biggest deterrent from fostering to adopt for hopeful parents whose primary goal is adoption. For these parents who have waited so long to add a child to their home and experience the joys of parenting, watching a foster child leave after so much time spent together can be too much to bear. Foster parents, like all potential parents, need to be 100% ready for every possible scenario before bringing a child into their home. you'll likely find that it is hard to adopt a foster child that meets your preferences as well. A lot of kids waiting to be fostered or adopted are not just babies. The average age is eight years old. I wouldn't want to narrow my search to only babies and exclude older kids. That feels weird to me like I'm picking the best of the litter and telling the other kids non-verbally that they're not good enough. So including all ages into my search, I wouldn't feel comfortable having never been a mother and adopting an older child and learning how to fall into that role and not fall into some sort of big sister role. I'd feel more comfortable being a mother from having a newborn first, then adopting, when I'm more experienced and can better provide for that child. I can better provide for them and make them feel more comfortable. When it comes down to it, infertility is hard. And honestly, how a couple chooses to maneuver their infertility is nobody's business or concern. Some may have reasons why they don't want to adopt or can't adopt, and some may be considering it. It's a personal choice that doesn't need to be explained to others. Stop saying ignorant bullshit such as, maybe you're not meant to have children, or this is God's way. Infertility is a medical condition, not a punishment from God or Mother Nature. And some people dealing with infertility don't even believe in God. People will say that IVF is unnatural and not God's will. Okay, so... Don't get treatment for your COVID or your cancer or any illness you may have since it's God's will for you to get sick and die. Thanks. Stop telling us to relax and don't minimize the problem. Failure to conceive a baby is a very painful journey. Comments like, 
Just enjoy being able to sleep late. Just enjoy being able to travel. They don't offer comfort. Instead, these comments make infertile people feel like you are minimizing their pain. If I could give up sleep for a baby, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Don't ask those struggling with infertility why they don't just try IVF. Not everyone is a Kardashian with lots of money to spend on creating a baby. Most insurance plans do not cover IVF treatment options, so many are unable to pay for the out-of-pocket expenses. Also, there are some people who don't want to do IVF because of religious reasons. Infertility stress is physical, emotional, and financial, and some just don't want to go through it. Once again, mind your business. How someone deals with their infertility is not your concern. Don't say, you're young, you have plenty of time to get pregnant. People of all ages suffer from infertility, and your biological clock seems to tick much faster when you're failing to conceive. At 25 years old, when I started this journey of IVF, even I thought I should get pregnant quickly because I'm young, but instead I found out that I had stage 4 endometriosis, I had terrible ovarian reserve from my age, meaning my eggs were that of a 38 to 40 year old, and that I have implantation issues and consistently miscarry. I struggle with infertility more than a lot of others that are actually in their late 30s. Age has nothing to do with it. I've been told I was too young to do IVF by a stranger. And that is one of the most idiotic things I've heard so far. I am infertile, and I wish I went to the doctor sooner. I wish I could have used my age to better help me in this journey. I wish I would have been checked out much, much sooner. Don't, for the love of God and all things holy. Ask whose fault it is. If they're interested in telling you their story, they will. But do not pry and do not convey that one of them or both of them have to bear that they are at fault. That only makes them feel upset or guilty. There is a male factor and female factor in fertility. But asking whose fault it is, is like asking a gay couple who's the man and who's the woman. Mind your business. If they choose to tell you that, that's fine. I'm the issue in my relationship. But I shouldn't say I'm the issue. It should be we have female factor in fertility. You don't have to tell me that I'm broken. You don't have to tell me something's wrong with me. And my husband, nothing's wrong with him. He's the perfect specimen. Like, that's rude. Even worse statements include... The world is already overpopulated. It could be worse. And maybe you did something wrong and are being punished. We're not even going to address those insensitive and idiotic comments. I think the most things that bother people are just slick things that their family members say about them not being able to conceive. Or telling them to relax and it'll happen if they just relax and just... I think the main thing is minimizing. Minimizing their pain, minimizing their journey. 
that those are the comments that people get most often there are so many things I can list so many things I can list about things you shouldn't say but instead let's focus on what you should say first and foremost let them know that you care you don't have to pry but let them know that you you care and you're there for them do your research and educate yourself on the process if you don't understand it That way, you can be more informed and understanding when your friend or loved one comes to you and needs to talk. It's so stressful when somebody asks about your journey, but continuously shows that they haven't paid attention to previous conversations and they still don't understand things that you told them about. So educate yourself. Instead of continuing to ask someone about their journey but showing that you haven't listened at all ask them if they need anything or what you can do to help sometimes it's just about you being there with them as they let out their tears no talking just support know that infertility affects both your female and male friends and non-binary friends know that infertility affects people of all ages if at some point they decide to stop trying support them love on them cry with them laugh with them feel with them it's an agonizing decision and they'll need you Let them know about your pregnancy privately. Do not let them find out in a room full of people. If you know they are going through issues with fertility and trying to conceive, let them know privately. And lastly, just ask them if there's anything you do or say that bothers them. There might be something I'm missing. Just ask them. Tell them you want to be there to support them and that you don't want to say the wrong things to them. Sometimes they'll be too timid to tell you outright that something bothers them. So ask them. The most important part of everything is just to care and to try to be open-minded and cautious of the things that you say. I'm sure we've all been guilty of saying something to someone that's offensive and not meaning it. But like I said, when you know better, you do better. The best thing you can do is educate yourself. 